Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football and the current gap with their arch rivals. No, I'm not talking about the place with khakis. Baby gap? What? Blaine Fowler on that and Tanner Mangum, uh, Mangum's ankle. Should Bo Hodge be ready? Don't forget about undercover athlete between the lines and handsome Tanielu with proper name pronunciation for BYU footballers. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. How's it? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, September 12th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who, my goodness, at some point needs a trip to Hawaii, Jerem Jordan. At some point, yeah. It ain't going to be this year, but I'll tell you what. We've been doing this halftime in Hawaii promotion the past while. We will name the winner today on the show. We're going to call the person. I've always wanted to experience. So everyone out there is like, are they going to call me? We might. I've always wanted to experience being the person on the other end of that phone call. I'll just call you one day and be like, dude, you won free lunch paid for by me. A little I'll different than going to Hawaii. But, hey, that, that thank you. Listen, beggar, you can't be a chooser. <laughs> Jeez. From, you, you've won free lunch the, paid by me. Call X96 or something. Oh, my goodness. Let's, hey, we'll hook you up. We'll figure it out. Fair enough. Halftime in Hawaii winner, as Jerem uh, just announced, will be announced on the show in about 40 minutes. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Tanner Mangum injured his ankle on the final offensive play against the University of Utah on Saturday. Most of you probably saw that. Mangum reportedly scheduled to have an MRI on his ankle slash foot last night. I asked Ty Detmer about this situation, and here's what he had to say about Tanner. I know he was in getting some treatment uh, Sunday, but I think uh, it was he got rolled up on a little bit there trying to keep a keep the play alive and got twisted up a little but uh as far as i know right now everything's ready to go okay you're not ready to go if you go get an mri okay if you get an mri i'm no doctor but from what i've been able to understand you're looking into tendon or ligament damage if there is any the hope is that there is none okay but the fact that homie go goes and gets an mri means bo hodge better be like the play 60 kid and warm up that right arm Will Bo Hodge play against the University of Wisconsin? Like, we'll see. And, and again, BYU does not discuss injuries that aren't season-ending. So let's say let's say there's some serious issue with Tanner Mangum's ankle. They're not going to come out and say it. Okay, But we're going to go to practice today, and we're going to see if Tanner Mangum walks off the field with everybody else. Just be ready, Bo. <laughs> he, he should be ready anyway. Yeah, like, the is. backup should always be yeah. ready no matter what. Yeah. So TBD on that. BYU women's soccer gets its first win of the season in a three nothing win at Oregon State. Take that, Nyborg! Holy cow! It finally the the sheet or whatever was over that goal finally was ripped off in the first half. Yes, Elise Flake third minute scored a goal. So the game winning goal comes three minutes in. I don't even know why they played the There's other eighty seven start that uh, Jen Rockwood wanted. Avery Walker and Maddie Lyons Matthews scored for the Cougars. An elite third goal by. Maddie Lyons. Three goals Matthews. in the first Mitch half. Mitch Matthews' wife. 
BYU women's volleyball drops four spots to number 14 in the latest AVCA coaches top 25 following a loss to Baylor in five sets. The Cougars' lone loss of the season, 8-1. and one. They face 16th-ranked Utah in Salt Lake City on Thursday. Highest ranking for Utah since 08. So this is a big match, 14 versus 16, Thursday night, Pac-12 Network. Awesome. Let's go. And women's golf is in uh, 10th place, shooting 8 over in the final round of the Minnesota Invitational. Anna Kennedy leads the Cougars at 1 over. Kendra Dalton, 2 over in the final round. I think the ladies will make a charge because generally... They shoot better than that. So good luck to BYU Women's Golf. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Gap. I want to turn the page from BYU-Utah. I thought we were talking about Michael Strahan's teeth for a second. (laughs) Not that. And no, not about Jim Harbaugh's khakis either. (laughs) From The Gap. Listen, I want to turn the page from BYU-Utah more so than anybody else. But we have to discuss something before we do so. Well, we're choosing to. I feel like there needs to be more discussion on the matter before BYU, or at least BYU Sports Nation, turns our collective attention to the 10th-ranked Badgers coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday afternoon. And the reason is, seven games in a row brings up a question. Why? Why has BYU lost to Utah seven times in a row? And what's the gap that's creating said streak? Why? I was waiting for you to do that. Yeah. Give the people the Twitter question. Got to throw Nancy out there. Come on. What has been the biggest difference in the BYU-Utah rivalry over the past seven games? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Ryan Lewis Cooper. If I have to point to one thing over the streak, it's line play on both sides of the ball. That's one take. Throw out the outlier in 2011, and these games typically come down to the final drive, sometimes the final play. Why is BYU on the wrong side of that in the win-loss column? I have a few thoughts about the gap. So I don't think that there's a huge talent gap between BYU and Utah, although in one area of the field, I do feel there is a gap. Clearly, BYU is inferior, Jerem. Clearly by a touchdown or less recently. so some, that, That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I think on the perimeter, Utah's producing better uh, receivers and corners. They're giving BYU a hard time. Although I do like BYU's corners. BYU's receivers had a hard time getting open. The D-line from Utah is good. BYU was not getting the same kind of pressure. But there was no sacks. But there was enough. I, I think on the perimeter, Utah is better than BYU. But I think on the interior, BYU is similar, if not you know, equal, to what Utah's producing it seems at like that, on that part of the field. It seems like a wash. Yeah, so I disagree with the tweet. I think that the line play is pretty close. From although, offensive, although line, the D line, offensive line and yeah. the defensive front seven for Utah compared to the defensive seven front seven for BYU, yeah. I feel like it's a wash. Okay, special teams, Utah is better. At, and that's they where make field goals. They make long field goals. They have the Ray Guy Award winner the last three years, two different people. Field position, Wisnowski makes a play on the return of Trinament. Like, they've had good returners, although they don't now. BYU covers kicks really well in kick return and punt return. That's been a strength. They don't want to kick the ball out of the end zone ever. Yeah. Ever. We give no quarters. What did Ed Lamb say to you? Yeah, yeah. We allow no quarters. Yeah, we give up no quarters. Yeah. Okay, and then the one that really gets me 
is quarterback. Typically, this is the position that BYU is superior in almost every game it plays, or at least wants to be, right? Quarterback you, BYU. It's been, you know, it's been like a decade since you've had that. Go- well, Taysom, Taysom Hill, when healthy, it was like, he's going to win that matchup most, if not every time, against opponents. Tyler Huntley outplayed Tanner Mangum. That's supposed to be BYU's position. But Utah had a better quarterback on Saturday. In fact, Trevor Maddich had these strong words yesterday on the show. Well, the biggest difference is <laughs> Utah has got a quarterback that makes plays. Now, that sounds ugly, but the, the facts are the facts. The tape doesn't lie. You already got outplayed at quarterback. Uh, so looking Which over has the... not been typical, as you say, yeah. in this rivalry matchup. Yes, yeah, so turnovers, three interceptions, that hurt BYU. BYU was negative one. Not a huge deal because BYU forced two fumbles and recovered them. Well, forced three, I guess, but recovered two. The gap exists. Now we're just trying to figure out where it is and how much is actually there. Yes, Utah has always had speed at wide receiver. That has always well, been a thing. As for a Pac-12 them. member, well, they had it with Kevin Dyson. Yeah, you and, know, and Steve Smith. And but Steve those Smith. are like the two best they've ever had. Okay, so it's hard to be like they've always those two guys. Yeah, they now, particularly in Pac-12 play, have speed and the ability to recruit speed on the outside. Let's talk about recruiting. But the special teams, okay, the special teams. Uh, what are they doing? You know, is that recruiting or is it just? Yes, it is. They're going to Australia. Matt Gay? That... No, I'm talking about the punters. Yes, the punters. Yes, they have the punter pipeline yeah, from Australia. They got the pipeline to Orem High School. So, yes, I, that is recruiting. I all those kids went to BYU. But Louis Sakota <laughs> and Andy Phillips and now Matt Gay as the kicker. For me, that is the biggest contrast between BYU and Utah right now. They have reliable. Points, top point scores, point scoring on special teams and in close games, cha-ching. Yeah, BYU struggled at kicker a little bit the past couple of years. Let's talk about recruiting, okay? Um, now, now that Utah's in the Pac-12, it's a different level of recruiting. They're getting guys that want to play in a Power 5 conference and that if they didn't get, they'll pull a Bronco. If they didn't go to the school they wanted, they want to play against the school they wanted to go to. So they go to Utah. Like, U- Utah, uh, UCLA, and USC, the, the, the guys that didn't get there but still want to play in the Pac-12, they can go to Utah and compete at a high level. They've been ranked in every college football poll, blah, blah, blah. Our stat of the day indicates oh, just man. how different the recruiting has been as a, as a Power 5 member. Let's check it out. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Rivals.com has the last seven seasons. Utah is 24 spots higher than BYU in recruiting rankings the past seven years. There are those that dismiss recruiting rankings. I understand why. But sometimes we dismiss things that aren't convenient or uncomfortable. This is maybe one of those, that Utah is getting better recruiting classes. I think BYU is going to make up some ground in this because I think Kalani Satake is a better recruiter than Bronco Mendenhall was. Oh, oh, yes. Hands down. But we won't see that for a couple of seasons. Like the the real fruits of that. Four years at least. Takes a couple of years. Okay, Like you generally have to have a full class of your guys, right? So Kalani Satake and his staff. But all these guys are, yeah, Kalani's guys. The moment he becomes the head coach, they're his guys. Meaning that he initially recruited them, okay, from that yeah. process to the point they're at BYU to where there were no other staff members except for Kalani's guys involved. It's just going to take a while for the results of that to show up in terms of rivals rankings and ESPN 100 rankings right. and, and all I'm, that stuff. I'm not easily dismissing them because it's inconvenient. 
I want to just see what it is and go, oh, okay. Like, BYU is doing really well in state. That's a good thing. It's not, it's For the first time in a long time, they won the head-to-head battle with Utah in terms of getting the best players yeah. actually from the state of Utah. How many in-state skill position players does BYU get that make a difference here? Generally, those guys are from out of state. Yeah. Maybe some of the greats that have come from here, generally those guys have been out of state. So that's important. The biggest gap, though, between BYU and Utah is obvious. Utah is a Power 5 school. $25 million bucks a year in TV revenue. BYU's doing their best with ESPN, which is better than being in the Mountain West and the American. Okay, So it's better than what you had. It obviously isn't as good. Also, the power in Power 5 is money and access to good bowl games. Okay, If Utah actually puts it together and finally wins the Pac-12 South, they would be in the Pac-12 championship game, and they'd be one game away from a Rose Bowl or a New Year's Six of some kind. You know, the gap exists, and we want to know what you think is the biggest difference in said gap between BYU and Utah and the rivalry over the past seven games. Send in your tweets hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time at J O. Orden underscore 44. Turnovers. Turnovers have played a huge role. That's a great point. Kyle Whittingham pointed that out last year, even, even this year. Turnovers. If, if BYU's plus one against Utah, did they win that game maybe? BYU plus it's three a, in 2016, lose by one on the road. They needed to be plus three just to be in the game. Yeah. And then BYU was minus one, but still had the ball late with the chance. I mean, What? This is not supposed to be doom and gloom. BYU is never going to beat Utah again. We're just trying to be fair to the situation that exists right now. I don't think there's as big of a gap as people think, though. Like, we've highlighted some of the notable parts. If there's a huge gap, why have 17 of the last 20 meetings been decided by a touchdown or less between us? Exactly. Tell me that. Tell me if there's some huge gap. There's not a big gap. It's not a huge gap. The only huge part of the gap is financially. Like yes, that's yes. that's the biggest part of the gap. But in terms of talent comparison and everything that goes they into what actually happens NFL on the players. field. I get all of that. Guess what? It's still a seven-point game or less. Why aren't there more blowouts then? It's a seven-point game they're, or less. They're it's, close games. Yes, I'm screaming the moral victory bell a little bit on that. I'm not saying it's a moral victory per se, but if if there's this huge gap, why are the games so close? At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94. Interesting take here. Composure. The games have been crazy, and Utah has stayed calm and composed in all of them. I don't know if 11 penalties uh, qualifies as composure. Yeah, exactly. Coming up, the BYU football El Guapo goes undercover athlete on (laughs) campus. Do you know El Guapo? Also, Blaine Fowler in Studio B. I promise no more Three Amigos references from him. This is BYU Sports Nation. Wait, why? Why not? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I imagine a few of you will have an opinion about our Twitter topic today. Which is, what has been the biggest difference in the BYU-Utah rivalry over the past seven games? Use the hashtag BYUSN. After further review is on tonight, 7 Eastern Time. Dave, Blaine, David, Brian, break down the Utah game preview. Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, number 10, Wisconsin coming to town. And after further review, perhaps show you some of the specific differences from that BYU-Utah showdown last Saturday night. 
At Twiggy or Stone tweets in, finishing, BYU has kept it close but not been able to make the crucial play in crunch time. Possibly a bit of tightness or nerves. Yeah, some of those uh, you know, tight games, yeah, you need to make a play there late, and when it's decided by seven or less, when you make a play, you remember it. Back to Harleen. You know, a- Andrew George. Fourth and 18. Yeah, all those. You remember the plays that they made down the stretch to win those games. Harvey Unga running over a Utah safety into the end zone. Yeah, memorable plays in crunch time. What do you think? Biggest difference in the BYU-Utah rivalry over the past seven games. Joining us now in Studio B is Uncle B, national champion at BYU, quarterback, dual threat analyst. Blaine, what do you think, man? What, where is the difference between BYU and Utah as far as a gap goes in the last seven years? It, well, it's interesting because whoever that was that tweeted that it's down the stretch that they're not making plays, I would submit that when a team's beat you a number of times, how you play early makes a huge difference in how you play the rest of the game. Because you've got this mindset of this weight of the world on your shoulders that there's this streak, and we've got, we've got to do this. And if you come out early and there are errors that are made, in particular turnovers, early in a ball game, and you let Utah jump on you early, now there's some doubt so now there's some doubt as you play as you play the rest of the game and you get to the end and you haven't finished. So so I don't think it's just that you don't finish. I think that early in these ball games if you go back, not in every single one of them, but in the vast majority of these contests over the last 7, BYU has had turnovers that have cost them points early in the game that put them behind. And then you start to go, oh, no, here we are again. So the weight gets heavier, and sometimes players play tight. So I, I don't think the physical gap is there right now. I mean, I went on Bill Riley's show last week, um, our good friend from up at the university, and, and, and on our shows last week and said, you know, I think these teams are really evenly matched now. Um, you know, you could make an argument that Chase Hansen's the best s- defensive back on the field. Fred Warner's clearly the best linebacker on the field. Lotolele is the best defensive lineman on the field. But, you know, if, if you start to go, hey, Utah's probably a little bit better on the D-line. BYU's better at linebacker. I'd say the secondaries are fairly even. Carrington is a standout. So he's all by himself in talent. On the edge, right. wide receiver, Utah a little bit better. So he's all by himself. So, so there's a guy that's by himself that BYU doesn't have anybody that matches up with right now. He's all by himself in the Pac-12 almost. There's a couple of guys that are similar. Offensive line, you know, neither team really could get a great run game going. I would attribute that to how good these defensive fronts are. Not necessarily that the offensive lines aren't bad, but those guys are probably washed. BYU may even be better up there. BYU is clearly better at tight end right now than, than Utah is. So what it comes down to is, and I said this last week, whichever quarterback can play better, be more dynamic, and make more plays, that team will win in a close ball game because this is going to be a defensive low-scoring battle. And in this ball game, Huntley was out of his mind. He made plays when guys were in his face. I, I think back to the Taki-Taki play when he was getting smacked in the face and he stood there and made a throw in a spot where the receiver Wilson could go get it. Um, he was able to make plays under heat where he'd just get the ball out, didn't take sacks. That wasn't because they protected him unbelievably well. Sometimes he just got it out, like athletically got it out, or he took off. And I think the difference in the game was his run contributions to the game. You know, So not necessarily what he did in the pass game because – it wasn't phenomenal. He made some good plays, but it was because the run dynamic of that offense with a quarterback run game was difficult. Defending everything else, that was difficult, and that was the difference in the ball game. They were able to get some rush yards with him making big plays with his feet. Let's talk about Tanner Mangum. On the last play of the game, he gets his ankle rolled up on, tied at Merces. 
and then reports of an MRI. In your in your day job, uh, you work with hospitals, so you know what's going on in there. Tell us about if a guy gets an MRI, what are you looking for? So they're, they're either trying to rule in or rule out soft tissue damage, ligament or cartilage damage to that ankle. So he had that ankle wrapped up. You saw him looking at it. Um, so they would do an evaluation of Tanner, and what they would do, they'd evaluate it, they'd compare it to the other ankle, and if there's more laxity in that ankle, if, if that ankle joint gaps when they're putting a little bit of stress on it, then they would suspect, you know what, we better send this in. It doesn't, it doesn't feel exactly like the other one. There's some laxity in that. Let's send them in, and let's rule out that there could be a ligament tear in there, and an MRI is able to look at soft tissue, unlike an X-ray. So they can look and say, has that ligament been stretched? Is there some thinning in the ligament? Is there swelling in that ligament? So is there, is there fluid gathered around that ligament? Um, it, is there a tear? They can identify, if there's a tear, they're going to be able to identify that really easily on the MRI. And so they're, they send them over there, if that's what they did, and that's what we've heard, to either rule in or rule out soft tissue damage, ligament or, or damage or cartilage damage. So you're afraid it's worse than a sprain, but there's no break. Right, a, a break, a break, like a break. Yeah. Would they a simple, a simple X-ray would tell him yeah, whether there's yeah. a fracture in that ankle. And he would know if it was broken. Yeah, and yeah. so, so, um, yeah, it was serious enough in their initial evaluation that they sent him for an MRI. Now the MRI could come back negative, and they could go, you know what, everything looks okay. There's some swelling in there, and we're going to rehab him. Um, or it could come back, and it could be, hey, there's a significant ligament tear in there, and that's a lot more debilitating, and the rehab is a lot longer. So BYU doesn't comment on. The results, but certainly they know now what Tanner's status is. If he's had that MRI and radiologist has read that MRI, they know exactly where they stand with him and, and a likely how long he would be out if, if it's more serious than a simple. Okay, injury. so just for uh, those that are not in the medical field, and I know you work uh, in the medical field, Blaine, to a degree. Worst case scenario, best case scenario in terms of time missed. If, if you know, be- be- best about. case scenario is it's a simple ankle sprain the higher up the harder the rehab is so you hear a whole high ankle sprain so the higher up the harder it is to get those ligaments to respond because john beck dealt with this his senior year yeah and they just taped it up and sometimes he seemed like he was running with a club down there, yeah with yes. a club foot down yes there. yes and so so a simple ankle sprain you can try taping and supporting and doing all that and you know sometimes that's a few days to a week or whatever if there's significant ligament damage I mean, I, worst case scenario is it's bad enough that you have to have surgery. Um, and then, there, then there's the in-between that it's, it's stretched enough or damaged enough. So, so you could be anywhere from a few days to six, six to eight weeks, Man. you know, depending on how, how severe um, the report comes back on the, on the damage of the soft tissues in the ankle. So there's, there's a wide um, spread of what, what that MRI told them and then what their, uh, their plan for, for rehab would be. So I, I know that Dr. Kimball and Dr. Wallentine, you know, the team orthopedic surgeons, they've, they've taken a good look at it, evaluated it. I think Dr. Kimball is, is the guy that was at the game. Yeah, Dr. Kimball is the guy at the game. I'm sure he evaluated it, looked at it, and then he would be the one, if Tanner got an MRI, that would say, you know what, let's send him for MRI to rule out or rule in these possible complications to the soft tissue. Dr. Blaine Fowler in Studio B. So let's connect this with the Wisconsin game. So let's say that Tanner Mangum isn't 100% and he – plays that way, or he can't play at all, and Bo Hodge is the guy. How does this affect BYU offensively against Wisconsin? Yeah, it's even if Tanner is limited mobility-wise, it hurts. Because Wisconsin, the, the, the scary news for BYU right now is this may be the best team they've played all year this week. Oh, boy. The good news is it's at home. And Utah's very comfortable coming down here. It's just down the road. They play at elevation all the time. They understand the rivalry. They get all that. 
Wisconsin, BYU has a big advantage, and Wisconsin has no idea what this environment is like. They haven't played at elevation. It's a long trial. It's a long trip across country. They, they haven't played in the Rocky Mountain time zone, I don't think, for a long, long time. So, so there are some advantages there that gives BYU a little bit of an edge that they didn't have against Utah. Wisconsin doesn't have the overall team speed that LSU does. LSU is just fast at every single position on the field, period. When I was down the sideline watching their D-line warm-up, I'm going, wow, these guys are scary. If I was playing quarterback trying to run away, I think all those big guys can catch me. That's not good. <laughs> but, but Wisconsin's reputation is they're always unbelievably physical and big and strong up front. They're an NFL offensive lineman factory. And so BYU is going to have to be really stout and play really physical. And they're going to have to play their best. So a non-mobile Tanner Mangum may not, may not be a good thing. Okay. You know? And, and, and if Bo Tanner – or if Bo Tanner – Bo Tanner, he can't play quarterback. Can <laughs> if, if, if Hodge plays, um, you know, the one thing that he can bring, he's really athletic. And so even if things look confusing to him because he's not very experienced, he does have the ability to run around and make plays with his feet, and maybe that would be an advantage to have somebody that can do that in the game if Tanner's limited. Okay, how many points will it take for BYU's offense to score to probably – I mean, let's just say be in the game against Wisconsin – Late. So <clears throat> that question choked me up. No, <laughs> I've, I've always felt Bronco Mendenhall used to say, if you, if you can hold a team under 24, you should win. And I think a good team like that, if BYU can get to 24. The one thing I can't – so I've three weeks I've watched them very closely and I've looked at every single play of every game on film. I'm still very confident this is a very good national-level defense. I think they've been put in some bad positions because the offense hasn't been productive, but I think it is a, an outstanding defense. I think Utah's defense is very good. I think LSU's is – we use the, the word elite. I think LSU has an elite defense. Thank you, Blaine. But um, I, I, so I am confident this is a good defense, and they can hold Wisconsin down, especially on the road. So to me, the magic number is 24. Okay. Get, get above 24. BYU scores 27-20. I think they have a chance in this one. And sometimes football is not about – just the raw talent on the field, it's about matchups. And in the past, and I think again this year, BYU seems to match up better with big physical teams that try to punch them in the mouth than they do with teams that try to spread them from sideline to sideline and attack them that way um, and then uh, defensively you know, bring speed and blitzes and all kinds of things. And so, so from a matchup perspective, I've always been more comfortable with BYU playing a team like Wisconsin than a team like LSU. So perhaps those matchups come out okay. Am I going to be surprised if BYU beats number 10? Not, not that surprised. I mean, that's a long shot, but not crazy surprised. Interesting. You know, Even after what has transpired not, through the first three games. Not, not crazy surprised, and here's why. Go back to what I just said. I believe this is a very good defense. When you have a very good defense, you stay in every game. Sometimes you lose a lot of close games. But – but sometimes your defense rises to the occasion and holds down a great team, and that great team makes a mistake or two, and you get a pick six, or you pick, and now all of a sudden you get the break in the momentum you need to win by a small margin. So will I be flabbergasted if BYU beats Wisconsin? I actually won't. I don't, you know, I don't, the odds are that they won't, but if they do, I'm not going to go, wow, I never expected that. The defense is good enough to keep them in games, and there's always a chance. All right. Who knows what's going to happen with the BYU offense on Saturday, and that honestly kind of makes it entertaining and exciting to, to speculate Be- on Because that. of the defense, they can stay in yeah. any game with anybody. All right, also the storyline, and we'll talk about this uh, more as we move on through the week, but Ula Tolotel going against his former team, Wisconsin.
Yeah. There, there's a lot of good storylines for this one. I'm excited. Yeah. Blaine, great stuff. We look forward to you on After Further Review tonight, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain, brand new episode. Thanks, guys. We'll be there. Uncle B bringing it. I might have to start you calling you Dr. B, man. <laughs> <laughs> After this interview. Just for, just, for, just for the record, on After Further Review, we're undefeated. <laughs> We haven't lost a week yet. Uh, if you looked at those predi- score predictions, I would say no, otherwise. No, no, we don't. <laughs> I guess we're not. I guess you're right. Coming up, we announced the winner of the BYU Sports Nation Halftime in Hawaii contest and handsome Tani Elu helping people pronounce BYU football names correctly. Service in the community, Spencer. Yeah. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on a Tuesday in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio Simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you like it. And tonight at 8 Eastern Time, we'll be live with BYU Football with Kalani Satake, hosted by Greg Rubel. The coach will discuss uh, the Utah game, preview the Wisconsin game. Butch Poe is the player guest this evening. Not to be confused with Butch Poo, who somebody called him at one point while he was a high school football player in California. I'm so excited you brought that back up. How do you get that? Well, it's fitting that we would talk about that because we're going to dive into the name pronunciation in just a few minutes with Between the Lines. Not before we refresh the headlines, however. Tanner Mangum, BYU quarterback, injured his ankle on the final offensive play against Utah on Saturday. We saw him hobble off the field. Mangum reportedly scheduled to have an MRI on his ankle slash foot last night. I asked Ty Detmer about the status of Tanner during Coordinator's Corner yesterday. This is what he had to say. I know he was in getting some treatment uh, Sunday, but I think uh, it was he got rolled up on a little bit there, trying to keep a, keep the play alive, and got twisted up a little. But uh, as far as I know, right now everything's ready to go. Those are two conflicting ideas. What you just said, Ty saying he's ready to go versus he goes to get an MRI. Those are two different ideas. Well, and the MRI, as we learned from Doctor B, Blaine Fowler, while he was in here reveals tendon and ligament damage if there is any. Yeah, so the hope is there was none and that homie only sprained his ankle and that he can play. Or what? we'll see. Or it's Bo Hodge. And the trend that we brought up earlier in the summer of 40% of the BYU starts in independence have come from a backup quarterback. Based on who started number one the first game. BYU women's soccer got its first win of the season in a 3-0 win at Oregon State. Take that, Nyborg. <laughs> at least Flake, Avery Walker, and Maddie Lyons-Matthew scored for the Cougars. BYU women's volleyball drops four spots to number 14 in the latest AVCA Coaches Top 25 following their lone loss of the season to Baylor in five sets. BYU and number 16 Utah renew the volleyball rivalry in Salt Lake City on Thursday. Pac-12 Network. The women's golf team is in action right now in the Minnesota Invitational. They're in 11th place, shooting 9 over in the final round. Anna Kennedy leads Cougars at 1 over. Kendra Dalton also 1 over in a tie for the team lead. Okay, now back to the name pronunciations. Every year, BYU football brings in new talent. And one of the biggest additions to the roster found on the football team strictly from a numerical perspective. We get to know the guys, and they certainly have unique and individual personalities. Some of them have unique names to match those unique personalities. And so we have decided to give, I don't know, an inside look at what the BYU footballers and name pronunciations really 
are like with one of the guys that has his name mispronounced often, Handsome Tanielu. And can we just throw out the whole guacamole thing with Diane Gawoloku? I don't know. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. School started for BYU students last weekend, so in order to help them with their classes, we decided to find some of the hardest names to pronounce on the BYU football roster and have them help them, help us with those. Little did they know, handsome Tanaelu was the one doing the interview, and he was undercover. This is my intern, Dan, here. He's going to ask you a couple questions. You cool with that? Yeah, sure. Excuse me. Can you guys help me? My name is Dan Smith. I'm an intern here. For BYU TV, I'm just trying to figure out how to say some of these names on the, on the BYU football team. Your name's Dan Smith. Yeah. Hey, I'm not like a force to walk away from. Come on. Hey, yeah. hey you're handsome, right? No. No, wasn't it? Dan Smith. Dan Smith. Dan Smith. Dan Smith, BYU? Yes. <laughs> BYU TV. I'm all business here today, right, guys. Okay, right. So if you mess up, you're out of here. Right, Got it. Try right, this one. This is my favorite one. Dayan Gawuluku, DB. Dayan Wanaluku. So American, huh? Gawuluku. Wow. He said that with some fierce voice. He could be a country singer. Dayan Gawuluku. Don't worry, he's not going to find you for butchering his name. Dayan. Okay. Wanaluki. Dayan. Dayan, I like it. I think I might know Dayan. Dayan? Dayan? Yeah, ask us. No, it's. How do you say it? If you get this one, I'll give you like five push-ups or something. Sweet. Uriah Dylan Lopa Leatawa. Uriha Leatua. Uriah Leatawa? Wow. Uriah Leatawa. Okay. I know I only have five push-ups for this one. Why do you have to get that one right? I need you to say this one for me. JJ Nwingwe, Thailand. Not bad. Oh, really? Not bad. Okay. I was lying to her. JJ Wigby. JJ Wigme. Wigway? JJ? No Wigwe. How do you actually say it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess up on this good guy. I'll, I'll try my best. Kesney Tasinga, okay. defensive tackle. Uh, Kesney Tasinga. Tasinga? I'm doing horrible. <laughs> Kenzie Tausinga. Kesney Tausinga. Kesney, yeah. Kind of a weird first name, yeah. if you ask me. Kesney Tausinga. Come on, dude. That's too hard to like say it that good. You got the easiest name of them all. Is that really the first name? <laughs> Ken, what's wrong with you? Come on, man. Handsome Tanielu. Do you speak Spanish or something? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a cheater. Handsome Tan Tanielu. Ooh. Handsome Tano Tanielu. Handsome Tanielu. Handsome Tanielu. Tanielu. Another try. Tanielu. <laughs> <laughs> the head movement doesn't make it better. <laughs> Handsome Tanielu. Why are you laughing? I just thought it was Some... funny that someone's name is Handsome. Handsome Tanielu. Close enough. Tanielu. Tanielu. 
What do you think about that name? I think he's probably a good looking guy. Thank you. Appreciate it. My name's Handsome Tony. Nice to meet you. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. My name's Handsome Tony. Okay. Nice to meet you guys. I'm a defensive tackle here, number 92. Nice to meet you. Okay. Thank you guys so much. My name's Handsome Tony. Okay. Appreciate it. Dan Smith, out. Okay. Tanner Mango, BYU. Oh, man, I have to say that that one kid that made fun of Handsome's name, as soon as he found out that it was Handsome, he was terrified. He's of course. Like, oh, no. Anyway, join us next week. Thanks to Handsome for doing that. He was phenomenal. Join us next week for You Laugh, You Lose with the women's volleyball team. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BYUBTL. No more making up guacamole-type names, okay? Especially after that. So for Ty Demery, at this point, he's got to know it's Gawolaku, right? Well, you would think. He's on the defense, so he didn't interact he doesn't with him say as it very much often. as you'd think. Yeah. So no one dared say no to Handsome. So sometimes we go do these street beats. Would you like, say no to Handsome? They're like, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to class. But they saw him coming up, and they're all, oh, okay, yeah, 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 we'll do it. I, like, you, no one said no to him. If you see a guy like that, he has to be on the football team. Yeah. No one's actually that big and that strong that isn't on the football team. <laughs> my name's Dan like, Smith. Here's a, yeah, my name's Dan Smith. Here's how you know. His legs are actually big, too. Tree trunks. There may be some yeah. other guys whose upper body dude. is only large that doesn't play on the football team. Those little, guys are doing it for Instagram. A little Instagram. bleach fart in his hair, too. I know. Like, Listen, oh, that's yeah. to exercise the demons. That's to get rid of the demons of his injuries last year. That's what yeah. he said. A tradition that he started at Snow College, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So far, so good for Handsome this year. Yeah, so far, so good. And he is handsome. It's a good thing he's not <laughs> ugly. He yeah. is handsome. You, yeah, you couldn't be ugly and have the name handsome. <laughs> yeah. That would just be yeah. terrible. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, guys. Very entertaining. Also, love Dan the Tanner Smith. Mangum drop at the end. Tanner Mangum, BYU. BYU. Coming up, minimal offenses played football and soccer. How the ladies broke out last night in Corvallis. I'll say they did. Plus, who will be watching the Cougars play in Hawaii, courtesy of BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation? We announced the winner. Call them up next on BYU Sports Nation. Who's going to Hawaii? is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B about to give away some goods. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. It is a Tuesday, which means it is super. It starts at 6 Eastern time with BYU Sports Nation, 7 Eastern after further review, 8 Eastern BYU football with Kalani Sitake with player guest Butch Pau tonight. It is super. Three hours of original programming on BYU TV all centered around BYU football and BYU so sports. Oh, I love it. What has been the biggest difference in the BYU-Utah rivalry over the past seven games? That is our Twitter question today. At Live says, confidence. Now, I just realized something, Jerem, and you and I were talking about this during the break. BYU, in the rivalry football game since 2011, has not had a second-half lead against Utah. That is Are you nuts. trying to make me angry? That is nuts. It's working. BYU has not had a second-half lead. That's crazy. Since the game in 2010? That's nuts. What? Wow. What? Yet the majority finished close. Uh, so close Blaine Fowler good, was though. talking about, look, BYU needs a quick start. There's something there. They haven't had a second-half lead. Strong finish. 
too. Holy you can cow. You can go lead in the second half. You may have noticed over the past month, moving on, because we need to move on. <laughs> we need to flip the page. Yeah. We've been running a halftime in Hawaii contest online and on Facebook and on the Twitter machine. We are giving away a trip for two wonderful people to Hawaii, including airfare, hotel, and two tickets to the BYU at Hawaii football game. This is elite. Over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, our producer, Ben Bagley, is about to dial up the winner. Have we ever done this since the simulcast launched? Have we ever called somebody and talked to them, a fan? I don't know that we have. His name is Nate Tolman, and he thinks that he is a finalist. Okay? So he's like, oh, sweet, I'm a finalist. I don't know if I've won yet, but I'm a finalist. He's actually the winner. So, Ben, go ahead and dial Nate up on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Let's do this. Can you imagine what this is about to be like? Yeah, I can. I can't because I've never been to Hawaii. I've seen pictures of it. <laughs> just about every, just to about everyone a, I know but me. I have always wanted to win a contest yeah. like we, this. We're well, not eligible to win this, and obviously it's going to be our boy. I'm, ne- I'm never going to experience this. Wow, not with that attitude. <laughs> Maybe one day you will, <laughs> man. Do I need the blue goggles on? Look, Ben's, cu- Ben's calling him right just now. Just someday. He's talking to him. Yeah, what do you think he's thinking right now? Okay, I'm a, I'm, I'm a finalist. Yeah. It's going to be okay. You'll probably hear us. All right, here we go. Yeah, well, we'll find out here in just a second. Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? Oh, Nate, we can hear you. Spencer and Jerem here oh, in awesome. Studio B. What's up, dude? How you doing, Spencer? How you doing, Jerem? I'm Good. doing great. Getting better by the minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, so before, we, before we talk to you about stuff here for a sec, uh, do you watch BYU Sports Nation? Religiously. Oh, Nate, are you telling the truth? Are you telling the truth? I am telling the truth. Okay. The days after losses, you're my therapy session. Oh, hey. Okay. See, he he is a listener. That's an unfortunate, sad reality at this point. Yep. Nate, how are you coping coping with the the loss to Utah right now? Um, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. You're hanging. So, you're hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. That's why I listen to you guys because you you point out the good things. You know. Okay. That, okay. That we can move forward with. What are your emotions? Yeah. What are your emotions like now that you're a finalist for this? Um, I got like butterflies in my stomach, and and I'm a little. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited. So <laughs> my wife. Uh, she's always wanted to go to Hawaii. Have you ever been there? On her bucket list. Um, I have a couple of times when I was single, but according to her, it doesn't count because I was single. I wasn't married. So I have to take her to Hawaii. Well, Nate. So I I would love the opportunity to go. Yeah. You know, I I think it's about time you both go to Hawaii. Okay. Are you serious? (laughs) You're the winner! You're the winner! I'm going to Hawaii! <laughs> and your wife, not just you. And my wife, yes, of course. And it's her birthday it's her birthday right before then too. So hey! birthday Happy birthday. Go. What's your what's your wife's name? My wife's name is Angie. Happy birthday, Angie, and you don't have to take Nate if you don't want to. Now you don't have to get her anything. <laughs> BYTV did it for you. Exactly. 
We can be even an early Christmas present, too. That is fantastic. Okay, details forthcoming, Nate. Awesome. Congratulations, man. Enjoy it with Angie. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, guys. You got I it. I really go, appreciate it. Go Cougs. Cougs are back. All right. Wow, making Nate, dreams come true. Nate Tolman. Also, maybe someone was watching and called on the <laughs> landline there. Is that what just happened? I love the raw reaction. That's so fun. Wow! Yeah, very it. cool. Love it. Very love cool. it. Congratulations to Nate and Angie. They're going to be in Hawaii. Yeah, you want to cope the game. With, you want to cope with the loss to Utah? Win a trip to Hawaii. Yeah, and that's Thanksgiving weekend, so that's fun too. Thanksgiving in paradise. I, I don't know that. how long, how many days the uh, package includes, but yeah, just get some shave ice, <laughs> okay? What has the biggest well, difference? Shaved ice too. The real stuff. What has the biggest difference in the BYU Utah rivalry been over the past seven games? That is our Twitter question. Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At David Jepson, BYU digs into a hole in the first half. Even when the U tries to give BYU the win with penalties and turnovers, BYU can't overcome the deficit. You're right. BYU needs to play better in the first half. BYU should have been a little more competitive in the first half. That would help BYU have a lead in the second half at some point. Generally, getting a lead helps you win. (laughs) This just in. I can't believe that. BYU has not had a second-half lead in the rivalry game since 2010. That makes me so upset. I need a minute. I need a minute. Jerem needs to go. At OK level, (laughs) Jerem's out. Utah plays like the game really means something, and BYU football doesn't. Now, hang on a second. I respectfully disagree. This game matters a lot to BYU, probably too much, which sometimes can weigh into the psyche. So I think Kalani Satake is changing that, so BYU will get there. That I can agree with. All right, Jeremy. Uh, I, I, I just needed to cool off. He's all right. Made me really upset. Coming up, the two BYU teams who are favorites to win the West Coast Conference and BYU soccer uh, out in a big way. They take down a Pac-12 opponent. Football could have done it Saturday. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler, Lauren Franken with Between the Lines, and a trip to Hawaii winner, Nate Tolman, and his wife, Angie. Very cool. We just heard her scream, so I guess that probably counts as a... yeah partial guest right if you miss any of the show download the podcast on itunes or google play coming up this week greg rebel brian billick and dennis pitt as well as some two-on-ones from practice let's whip it it's time for the cougar whip around football tanner mangum appeared to injure his ankle on the final offense play versus utah saturday mangum was reportedly scheduled to have an mri on his ankle slash foot last night soccer get better tanner byu women's soccer gets its first win of the season and a three nil win at oregon state take that nyborg golf and women's golf tied for 10th place shooting eight over in the final round of the minnesota invitational anna kennedy leads the cougars at even par Kendra dalton one over Volleyball drops four spots to 14th in the latest women's AVCA coaches top 25 following the lone loss of the season to Baylor in five sets. The Cougars at number 14 face number 16 Utah in Salt Lake City on Thursday on Pac-12 Country. Network. Whoa. The sixth ranked men's team and the ninth ranked women's team both top 10. Awesome. Preseason pick to win the WCC by the coaches. Six Cougars make the all WCC men's preseason team 
Braden McClelland, Clayton Young, Daniel Carney, Jonathan Harper, Spencer Hansen, and our guy, Rory Linkletter. Four ladies made the all-WCC preseason team as well. Ashley Warner, Courtney Wayman, Erica Burke, and Lara Young. That's a lot of uh, really good athletes. a lot of miles. What's that? Is? Showing happening right there, right? Oh, my goodness. You want to calculate all those miles? Remember that time Brian Logan said that he would run, like, 20 miles or whatever with the cross-country team in a week or something, and he never did it? Yeah, remember, remember how remember Brian that? says a lot of stuff and never does it? Well, this was actually, <laughs> like, I'm going to go do something with other people. And he, hasn't and he never it. did it. He never did <laughs> it. We should him make that. him do yeah, it. We need yeah, we need to hold I'm glad you brought it up again because yeah. now the pressure, is, to, yeah. the pressure is remounted. Fan, yes. <laughs> Fan the flame yes. or flame the fire, Jerry. Who said that? I can't remember. Someone said that. We've been laughing about it. Flame the flame fire. The fire. Like, what? what? Yeah, yeah, flame the fire. As my good friend uh, Brett Denham once said, uh, Pandalarium. <laughs> That's such a great word. Sorry, what? <laughs> it's pandalarium. It's pandalarium. <laughs> Excuse me? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Uh, Nate Tolman and his wife, Angie. So cool. Because they uh, won the halftime in Hawaii contest. Congratulations to them. He, he enjoys the therapy sessions that we too often have had. I hate therapy sessions. Yeah. Because that means there's an issue. <laughs> and that's real life. People have issues. It, it, it is happens. But it's I good, get it. It's a good thing. Therapy is a good thing for people. Yeah. It's a good I just thing. don't want to have it on our program. Yeah. I, w- I just want to win. Yeah. I, yeah I don't, I'm with you, man. I am with you. Our Twitter question today, what's the biggest difference in the gap between BYU and Utah over the last seven years? Our elite tweet of the day from at Big Bluey. The difference is Ute's special team play. They flip the field on punts, don't miss field goals, and returns typically are good. We talked about it. Great point. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mark Hadfield. Let's plan a family vacation to Hawaii, Jerem. That sounds fun. We need to do this. In 2024. (laughs) When BYU plays USC and Stanford. It could happen. 